Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks again for joining me on my drive to work on this Tuesday morning. We've got a couple things to get into. A couple games for the Lakers. One win, one loss, one scary injury, an injury update. Let's get into it. All right. Well, the Lakers had two games over the weekend, if you count Friday as the weekend. They played the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday, where they got the win. Um, was a good win overall. Was a frustrating game, to say the least, to start off. Um, Lakers got down 20, I think it was 22-2 to two in the first quarter, or at least 20-2. to two. There was a, the Lakers could not hit a shot. They couldn't get a stop. They couldn't put any stops together with points. It was just an awful start for the Lakers against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. Yet, they worked their magic. They made a comeback. And, spoiler alert, ended up winning that game by 10 points. I think it was 115 to 105. Um, pretty wild. So I was, you know, I watched most of the game. I, wa- I watched through, like, the third quarter. And then we got some late-night sushi with some friends on Friday. So missed the fourth quarter. I kind of thought the game was a loss, lost cause. Thought the Lakers were going to lose. Um, and they ended up coming back. And not only... They came back from a 20-point deficit to win the game by 10 points. That's just absolutely insane. Anthony Davis had 35 points. LeBron James had 28 points. Cal Kuzma had 20 points. Um, Turned out to be a really good game for the Lakers and those guys. They really turned it on. I think they they had their lowest scoring quarter in the first quarter where they only had – Gosh, what did they, I think they had under 20 points, like 18 points or something like that. Anyways, they had their lowest scoring lowest scoring quarter of the season in the first quarter, and they had their highest scoring quarter of the season in the fourth quarter, scoring 41 points in the fourth quarter. So the Lakers absolutely turned it on and got the win and took care of business against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, really, I mean, good. it was good to see Anthony Davis – get going offensively scoring 35 points um i mean lebron james has been a pretty much a mainstay on the lakers he's like the one he's like the one consistent guy on the team this season so far and with 28 points and just playing well and then good to see kyle kuzma get up there in the stat sheet with 20 points he's been playing great so far he's had He's just been playing really good defense. He's been he's kind of been playing that hustle position for the Lakers. Kind of that like it's funny to say, but you know, kind of like that Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest position where I mean, Cal Kuzma's not like a mean guy. Like he's not a he's not a he's not the he you don't when you look at Cal Kuzma, when you see his game, you don't think of Dennis Rodman or Ron Artest. Like he's not like a mean guy. He's not going to he's not going to like play dirty necessarily um he kind of comes off as like this nice guy that's just out there having fun trying to compete and play and whatever but the way he's getting rebounds the way he's getting offensive rebounds um the way he's locking down guys on defense I would argue is Ron Artest Dennis Rodman-esque you know it's not I'm not saying that he is that. I'm just saying, like, it, it, there's shades of it. 
there. And it's good to see him contributing in a way that, you know, we don't need Cal Kuzma to score 20 points a night. We don't need him to score 25 points a night. Um, you know, I think the sweet spot for Kyle Kuzma on this team is, you know, 10 to 15 points and upwards of 10 rebounds, you know, 10 rebounds, 10 points, 10 to 15 points. And I think that's a great game from Kyle Kuzma on this Lakers team. So good to see him, though, you know, get points and and fill up the stat sheet and, and play well. So good win for the Lakers overall against Memphis um the one well the one like Twitter news thing from that game was LeBron uh flopped apparently I mean I saw I didn't see it in the game I think I must have missed it um but I ended I saw a video of it on Twitter it was but it was a bad flop you know I saw people saying that in LeBron's defense that, you know, John Moran had a flop almost just as bad earlier in the game. Um, I don't know. I didn't see that one either. But And I couldn't find any video of that one, so whatever. But LeBron got a warning from the league for flopping. It was a bad flop. What are you going to, you know? I mean, I would say a good argument would be that the refs should not call a foul on that. Like, it's a... It was just a blatant flop. No one touched him. Go there, going up for a rebound. They, they had two Grizzly guys around him. He was kind of close to one of them, but no one even touched him. And he like pretended like he got hit with like an elbow or something. Um, and he got the call. So like you know, from a finessing the game standpoint, yeah, you could say like it was a smart play or something. But I mean, that should be on the refs for calling that, right? Like LeBron shouldn't even get away with something like that no player should get away with anything like that um especially a guy like LeBron and I get I mean I don't know I might be crazy I might be I might have turned into a biased LeBron guy or something because he's on the Lakers now but I don't know I I think and I know I know throughout the course of his career LeBron is in like I don't have it in front of me, but I, it's like the top 10 probably in free throw attempts in his career. Part of that is because he's played, you know, more than a lot of – he's not only has he played more – he's played more minutes and he's played – he's had a long career more than a lot of people. But, you know, it's also because he's getting fouled. But when I watch him on the Lakers, like, every time LeBron drives to the basket – he probably could get a foul call. And I would say, like, 10% of the time he gets that foul call. Like, if we're counting every single time he drives the hoop. I mean, not, okay, realistically, not every time he's getting fouled. But I would say, like, 70% of the time I feel like he's getting, he's getting hit enough that, like, if another player that was smaller than him got hit in the same way, they would call the foul. But because he's so big, he kind of goes, he moves through, the arms and the touches and the hands that it doesn't look like a foul but you or he doesn't make it look like a foul but then you watch the replay and he's getting hit and grabbed and whatever you know so like from what from and again this is just based on my eyes me watching the game I think that LeBron does not and again this is my time watching LeBron with the Lakers so 
from 2019 to today. My my put or my opinion is that LeBron does not get a lot of foul calls when he's driving to the hoop. Now he might get them when he's like pulling up for a jumper, like he might get dumb fouls like that, but like when he's driving to the hoop, he does not get the fouls. He does not get the calls that are technically fouls. So when I see LeBron flop or when I hear people argue like, oh, LeBron, he shouldn't, you know, like people don't like LeBron because he throughout his career has flopped and he's had some egregious ones like like Friday night um, where he doesn't even get touched and he's acting all uh, like he got hit or elbowed in the face or something. Um, my, my, I can, I could understand him feeling the need to flop a little bit because of how much he gets hit going down to the basket and stuff. Now, I would expect him to flop more when he's driving to the lane, but if he flops while he's driving to the hoop for a layup or a dunk and he flops, he's probably going to miss it. So like, that's why he doesn't do it. So like, it would make more sense if he flopped while he was driving to the hoop because that's where he gets most of his contact. But I also could understand if you're driving to the hoop and you're getting hacked and hit, and you feel like you're not getting, you're not getting, at least a fair amount of calls. That I can see, you know, feeling the need to flop in other situations as well. So that's like that would be my only, like, argument for why he does that or why he has done that. Now again, I'm not saying that it, it's right or whatever, but I, it, you know, it's not. I I think there's room for some understanding when it comes to the flopping situation with LeBron. And again, like yes, give him a warning for flopping, but also give the give your referees a warning for calling that a foul, because you had a ref standing right there, and no one touched it. from the. If they were watching from the TV angle now, it would look like he got hit, and that it was a foul, but watching from the baseline view, he didn't get touched. So, give the refs a warning for not giving for calling that a foul. Give LeBron a warning for flopping. Um, and you know, and then just move on, and and I think like I don't know if I was LeBron, again like I think not a lot of things phase him because he is who he is. He's the best player in the league. Um, he doesn't. I I would imagine he doesn't feel like he needs people's like approval, and I get that vibe from him too. But you know, I would think that like getting called out for flopping like that would be kind of an embarrassing thing. So hopefully keeps him in check keeps him from doing that because I don't know it's not good for I don't I think at the end of the day flopping is not good for the game I think most people would agree with that I think that you know when you're driving to the hoop and you get fouled you're going you know and you don't think you're you don't have a chance to like finish through or whatever you might exaggerate things a little bit to try and get that call there is some room for that where you're trying to like show that you're getting fouled because not it's not always obvious um you know I think there's some room for that but I think for the most part flopping just is not good for the game um and I mean we see with Trey Young like Trey Young he's awful right like and it's a different kind of flopping right like I would I would argue that the like what Trey Young does if you don't know is he he'll get like a screen or drive around a guy, he'll get the guy behind him, and then he'll just stop so that the guy, like, 
it would be almost like if you're in a car and you had someone on your you know following you and you just slammed on the brakes and that car rear-ended you and then you're like oh you have to pay for my damage because you rear-ended me right which like i don't know but so anyways that's what trey young does right so he he gets people on his back and then and then he like stops on a dime they run into him and then he shoots it and then the refs call a shooting foul right so like i would argue that that is a different form of flopping like it's it's basically like it's i mean it's not it's not flopping in the same way that like lebron flopped on friday night right where you're just faking it completely like like trey young is forcing people to hit him or make contact with him so it's different but it's it has the same effect in my opinion where you're creating something that's not actually there right like the defender is not the defender is not running into you or they're not trying to run into you and i don't know it's it's a it's definitely a good a good conversation a good discussion personally i think it's bad for the game in the same way that flopping is bad for the game it just creates stoppages it it creates things that aren't there but you know if the the that's the thing is if the if the referees are going to call those fouls, then keep doing it, right? Like if it's if the NBA decides that what Trey Young is doing is within the game, you know, is within the rules of the game, then there's no reason not to take advantage of it. And that's why and that's the same thing with flopping, right? Like if if flopping gets calls, right? Like LeBron flopped, didn't get touched and got a foul call the referees are saying that like that is within the rules of the game and it shouldn't be so like it's just as in my opinion with these types of things it's just as much on the refs as it is on the players that are doing it so I think that because like if I'm a player and and I see Trey Young doing what he's doing and getting like 30 free throws a game because of it then why wouldn't I do that and I think I've seen you know from what I haven't heard anything from the NBA or from reporters or anything but from what I've seen I think that the NBA and the referees are cracking down a little bit on the Trey Young type stuff where I, I know when I was when I was watching the, the Lakers play the Hawks a few weeks ago most of the time that Trey Young did that they called it they did they did call a foul but they would call it on the floor like not a shooting foul so I think that could be a good um, middle ground for that type of play where like the defender is still running into you so in that sense it's a foul but maybe shouldn't be a shooting foul because he's behind you and you're dribbling and then you stop and he runs into you and then you shoot it. Like, I get the continuation thing, but also my, I agree that, like, that probably should be uh, a non-shooting foul. So that if that is what they're doing, then that's great. I don't know for sure. That's just what I've noticed. So I think the NBA is trying to crack down on that. And, of course, the NBA cracks down on flopping. You know, if you continue doing it, they'll fine you. So that's good. Um, and, I, and I think this, I think LeBron did deserve a warning for that flop. It was pretty egregious, like I said. So, anyways, that was the big kind of like the big Twitter news to come out from that that game against the Grizzlies. But all in all, Lakers got the win. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people joking around on Twitter that the Lake <laughs> the Lakers have at least recently they you know don't really 
they wait to kick things up until they're down by 20, which we've seen a couple times in some of these recent games um, against like the Thunder and against I mean, the Grizzlies on Friday. And um, it, it's just funny because I think it's kind of true where the Lakers, they really are – it's crazy how good they are because there is – I don't know. They had no business winning that game on Friday. I thought that game was done. I thought it was a wash after the third quarter. It just seemed like the Lakers weren't getting into it. They got down by so so much. They they did make a comeback. They got close, but they weren't really like they weren't really. Um, well, I guess while I was watching, they they did end up taking the lead. They, I think they had like a one or two point lead when I left. So they did they did come come back while I was watching, but I just didn't know right because the Lakers were playing so poorly early on. The Grizzlies were. I mean, the Grizzlies shot, so they shot, they were shooting like almost 60% from the field after the first quarter and like into the second quarter. Um, so it was kind of crazy that, I mean, it makes sense that that they didn't keep up shooting 60% for the entire game. So I don't know, a little in-game regression makes sense for considering that. So it just shows how good the Lakers are, that they can go down 20-2 to two in the first quarter have their worst scoring quarter to start a game, uh, you know, be down going into halftime and then come back and win the game by 10. I mean, winning the game by 10, that's pretty a pretty handed uh, victory. So a uh, good win for the Lakers on Friday against the Grizzlies. We're going to take a break, and then I'm going to get into the game on Sunday against the Denver Nuggets. Welcome back. I'm going to get into the game against the Denver Nuggets that took place on Sunday. Um, I am, I mean, as you know, I am driving. It is very, very windy outside, so I apologize if things are extra loud in the background. I mean, they're always a little loud in the background, but if it's extra loud, it's because it's kind of windy. So, anyways, getting into the game on Sunday. So, so Sunday was Valentine's Day. I will admit, I did not watch most of the Denver Nuggets game, at least... I caught the second half of it. I missed the first half, um, but didn't really miss much, it seems like. The big news in that game, might as well just get into it, is Anthony Davis got injured. He, in the second quarter, I believe, was driving against Jokic, and he kind of pulled up, hobbled off to the baseline, started grabbing his Achilles. If you don't know, Anthony Davis missed a few games uh, last week or throughout the last couple weeks, he missed a few games due to an uh, Achilles like tendoni- tendinosis, tendinitis, like a swelling basically in the Achilles. Um, and he was cleared to play. I mean, he played Friday night, he played well, 35 points, like I mentioned. Um, and he was cleared to play on Sunday in Denver. And he yeah so he pulls up he walks off to the baseline grabbing his Achilles and the entire NBA and Lakers fans well mostly Lakers fans but all go in a frenzy wondering what happened and so he leaves the game he left the game did not come back I think most people including myself just I was just I don't know I was telling myself that it was probably an Achilles tear because 
well, I didn't want to have my hopes crushed more than they were at the moment. So I was assuming the worst in the moment, um, just with how he was acting and stuff. I mean, if you look back, like, from what I've heard about an Achilles tear, it's the, one of the most painful injuries you can sustain as an athlete. Um, you can't walk. You, it's, you can feel it right away. I think that he was able to hobble off and walk. Um, but again, I mean, like Kobe, Kobe walked off, but he's also a badass. But like Kobe walked off, like you, athletes can't, you can walk with an Achilles tear. It's from what I understand, again, not a doctor and I've never torn my Achilles, so I don't know. But um, from what I understand, it's very painful and very difficult to do so. And so it was hard to tell with him because he was walking, but I couldn't tell how hard it was. Um, one of my one of my buddies in this group chat who is like studying to be a doctor was kind of like getting vibes of like a torn Achilles based on how he was how he was favoring it and walking and stuff. So, you know, based on all that, seeing what I was seeing on Twitter, I was like, oh, I'm just assuming the worst. I think, like, I just got to tell myself he's done because if I hope for the best and it turns out that he's done then that would be even worse so anyways he leaves the game and uh, does not come back the Lakers just did not have it on Sunday night they got they were within you know they would get within 10 points and then they would get within they'd get within 10 points and then Denver would push it back up to like 18 points and then they get back within 10 then they get pushed back to 18 they just couldn't really get the game into single digits um, Denver shot well. Lakers did not shoot well. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of excuses that can be made for that game, specifically, and also just in general for the Lakers this season, right? Like because of the shortened off season, um, playing all the way to the end, winning the championship, shortened off season, blah blah blah. I don't want to keep making those excuses necessarily. But I also feel like I have to, like, mention them. So there can be a lot of excuses made. I would say, like, specifically for that game, I think losing Anthony Davis was a shocker for the team in a way. I mean, he had been out. They'd been playing without him. He hadn't – he's not – he hasn't been fully healthy. So, so in that sense, like, I think that the Lakers are used to playing without him. But I think losing him in the second quarter, him not coming back, him potentially being an Achilles injury, I think the team might have been distracted from that a little bit. Like, you're more worried about your guy than you are about that one game. The Lakers already proved that they can beat Denver. Denver's a good team. They don't have the record to prove it. Jokic, he's having an MVP caliber um, season so far. Um... Jamal Murray, he's you know he's been inconsistent, but he's a good player still. Michael Porter Jr., he's a good player. Denver is a good team. They did, like I said, don't have the record to prove it, but I think, um, yeah, I just think like the Den- the Nuggets just played better. The Lakers didn't play well. They lost their one of their best players in the middle of the game. Um, it's kind of just was it just seemed, you know, the Lakers like against Memphis on Friday, down by 20, come back, fight, win the game by 10. 
you got the vibe that the Lakers had it in them to do that while you're watching that game. On Sunday night, you just didn't get that vibe that the Lakers had that energy in them to put in the really to put in the effort needed to um, to win that game. So I don't know. I think again, it's a frustrating to get. It's frustrating to lose. We the Lakers proved that they can beat the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets by like 15 in Sable Center. So not too worried about the loss that one loss in particular I think that hopefully it's a wake-up call I think you know I always just hope every every loss the Lakers have this season is not like a wake-up not necessarily a wake-up call but more that just proof to them that like they if they put the effort in they can win games if they don't put the effort in they'll probably lose games because that's I mean in their seven losses the Lakers are 21 and 7 now on the season in their seven losses, I would say that they most of those losses have come from just lack of effort. I would say, like the the loss against the Sixers, maybe not lack of effort, maybe lack of effort on defense, but like a lot of it is just like missing shots. Also, so it's like slow offense and lack of effort on defense is really what's hindering the Lakers. And even in these ga- in some of these games that they're winning. They'll, they go down by 20 or 15 because they don't have the effort in the game, and then they they turn it on in, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and they win the game, whether it's in overtime or by 10 or by 1. You know, So I would say, like, it, really this, this Lakers team is so good that they're in control of almost every game they play in. And I would say that on Sunday night, you know, and, and who knows – also, like I think, playing in Denver with the with the elevation, um, I think that that does definitely have an effect on players. I think, especially, imagine playing in Denver with no fans, where you're like out of breath, you're getting dehydrated, um, you're the energy is just getting getting sucked out of you faster than it normally would. Especially being from Los Angeles, like playing almost at sea level. And then going up to Denver, and then you know you get all like you're getting the you're just getting dehydrated. The energy's being sucked out of you. Your second best player gets hurt in a way that like could be drastic for the rest of the season. Um, you know, it's kind of an understandable loss. I don't. I'm not super torn up about it. Again, it's really just one of those things where if the Lakers can learn anything from it that'd be great you know and just it just proves to me that the Lakers are in control they control their effort their energy level the effort they put in on defense and the Lakers probably could have turned it up a little more on defense and made the game a closer game but it is what it is Lakers are 21 and 7 now second place in the west Um, I would say like the one thing I will mention is I think that Losing Anthony Davis and playing without Anthony Davis. So we've been playing without Anthony Davis for the last, I think he missed the two OKC games, and then he came back from Memphis. So playing against OKC without Anthony Davis, and then on Sunday night against the Nuggets, kind of proved to me that the Lakers could potentially have some issues with 
size down low. And this this is something I've talked about before, where we have Marcus All who can play defense. You know, he he basically shut down Jokic when they played the when they played the Nuggets in Sable Center. He played great defense on Jokic. Um, Montrez, he plays big, but he's not a big guy. Like people can out, he can get out rebounded just because he's smaller than the guys that he's guarding. And then Anthony Davis, he, you know, he's a big guy. He can he can fight when he wants to, but also sometimes he doesn't. Um, and then also like if he's injured. You know, like, so, sorry, going back to the Anthony Davis injury. So it came out, the news came out, he, so during the game, or just after the game, it came out that he, they said that he had re-aggravated his Achilles, the Achilles was swollen, no, you know, no signs of tearing at that moment. But they did mention that he would need an MRI on Monday. So yesterday, Anthony Davis underwent an MRI and it looks like it's just a calf strain and Achilles like swelling in his Achilles so good news that's good news I mean I think this is the one time where I'm happy that Anthony Davis uh, overreacts to injuries because (laughs) his overreaction to his his overreaction to the injury um made me think that made me made me think the worst and then it turned out to not be that bad. So it's a calf strain with Achilles swelling. Obviously, like, when there's any issue with the Achilles, that's still worrisome. Um, Lakers have some of the best training staff in the NBA, so I trust that he'll be well taken care of. I think with the with the calf strain, it's like a generally like a two- to three-week. Um, like, he's out. he'll be out for two to three weeks. Woj is reporting that we shouldn't expect to see Anthony Davis play before the all-star break. So he'll definitely, he'll definitely miss a handful of games. It'll be a good test for the Lakers to see what they can do. Um, you know, they played the Nets on Thursday. They have some big games coming up. They play the Nets Thursday. They play the Utah Jazz at the end of February, who are currently in first place in the West. So it's unfortunate that we won't have Anthony, Anthony Davis for those games just because um, those are two of the best teams in the NBA. It be, would be a good test for the Lakers. It would be nice to see the Lakers play them at full strength. But, you know, we can take what we can from those games uh, knowing that Anthony Davis will be out. So, bummer that he'll miss those two games because I was looking forward to, you know, seeing the Lakers at full strength against those, guys, against those teams. But also, you know, I'd rather know that Anthony Davis will be coming back this season as opposed to being out for the entire season so good news there um still something to be weary of you know it's things like that it's injuries like swelling and strains that can lead to worse injuries later later on down the road so you know I'd much rather the Lakers struggle for a month or two potentially you know depending on how long it takes them to recover I'd rather I'd rather see the Lakers struggle for you know a month, month and a half, two months, um, and have Anthony Davis back for playoffs than him force something and make it worse. So, good news with Anthony Davis's injury. 
we'll see how the Lakers fare. You know, I think it'll be this is a it's a sign that I don't know. I mean, this is kind of what I was was what I, this is kind of what I was worried about in my last couple episodes talking about the Lakers size and stuff because now without without Anthony Davis, the only two big guys we have are Marcus All and Montrezl Harrell. And Montrezl Harrell's the same size as LeBron, so not that big, you know. But he plays big. So really the only big guy, like tall guy we have is Marcus All. So, you know, well it'll it'll be inter- interesting to see what the Lakers do. I did see a tweet last night that the Lakers could be interested in making a move for Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic if he becomes available at the right price. It would have to be a cheap enough price. Like, the Lakers wouldn't give up a ton for him. But if, if, if it's the right price, the Lakers might make a move for him to try and get some more size. Um, you know, I, I've seen the Cavs are trying to deal Andre Drummond. You know, I think the price will be too high for him. I don't think it – I don't – I don't think it'd be worth it for the Lakers to make that move because the price will just be too high for what they'd get. You know, because we're, we're really just looking for someone that can replace, not not replace Anthony Davis, but but play those big, big man minutes for, you know, hopefully not longer than two months, a month and a half. So maybe, maybe a month. I don't know. I mean, we'll see two to three weeks. He'll be reevaluated. We'll see what happens after then. Hopefully it's, you know, if it's if they think he's good enough after two to three weeks, then that that'd be great. But again, don't want to re-aggravate it, re-aggravate anything. So we'll see what happens. But overall, good news that Anthony Davis is not done for the season, and the Lakers will will just have to play without him. We'll see how things go. I think I think they'll you know they'll struggle against the good teams. They'll be they'll be fine without him against some of the bad teams. So. The Lakers have a game tonight against the, I think, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that that should be a game that the Lakers can win even without Anthony Davis. Um, we'll see how that game goes. And then on Thursday night, the Lakers play the Nets. I think they play in Brooklyn, so they'll be playing away. And it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I think the Lakers. It'll be the the key for the Lakers to beat the Nets is really just stepping it up on defense. We'll see how much effort they want to put in in that game. If they don't put in effort, you know, Lakers went down 20-2 against the Grizzlies in the first quarter. If the Lakers put in that same kind of effort against the Nets, they'll be down 35-0. to <laughs> I mean, the Nets are bad at defense, so maybe it'll be like 35-10. to But, like, they'll be – they're going to get smoked on the offensive end if their defense – they don't come into the game with defensive effort – and if they don't, uh, you know, have it offensively. And then lastly, like, I'm just going to, you know, just – I was going to talk about the Utah Jazz. You know, I talked about them last episode, uh, mentioned that they're in the first place. You know, wasn't sure at the time how serious they were in first place, if it was more of a fluke or if they were kind of there to stay. You know, so far it looks like they've been, they're there to stay. Um they beat the Celtics pretty handily. They beat the Bucks pretty handily. They beat the Sixers, and I think they play they play the Clippers next, or they play the Clippers twice coming up. So that'll be another good test. We'll see how they do. Um, and then they, and then the Lakers play them at the end of the month. 
so we'll see how that goes. I did realize that in my last episode, I was mentioning the Utah Jazz players. I mentioned Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. I even mentioned Jordan Clarkson, but I failed to mention Donovan Mitchell. So apologies to Donovan Mitchell, as if he listened to this episode or to this podcast. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Donovan Mitchell. He's been playing well. He's obviously one of the one of their best players. So. I'm an, I'm an idiot for not remembering to mention him, but yeah, between him, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson last night had a 40-point game. Last last night was a crazy night around the league, speaking of around the league, for the Lakers, for the Lakers' like scouting department. Julius Randle had a 40-point game. Jordan Clarkson had a 40-point game. Um, I think there was someone else. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's been playing pretty well. And, um, oh yeah, like Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram was the other guy, I think. So, Lakers scouting department, hats off to you guys. Um, obviously we traded some of those guys to get Anthony Davis, which I think is worth it, but, um, but yeah, good night for the Lakers scouting department, seeing Jordan Clarkson put up 40, Julius Randle put up 40 for the Knicks. Uh, yeah, pretty fun night. It's always fun to see those guys, you know, even though I'm, I'm obviously, a fan of the Lakers and I want the Lakers to win no matter what and I want the teams like the Jazz to lose it is cool to see Jordan Clarkson get a good game play to play well you know it's cool to see Julius Randle playing well for the Knicks Um, even you know even with the Pelicans it's fun to see Lonzo and Brandon Ingram uh, and Josh Hart play well so pretty fun to see them do well last night Um, but yeah the Jazz seem like they're for real they're they're I think they only have six losses now. They're like 21-6, and 22-6, and six, something like that. So, I mean, the Lakers are still right around there. I think the Lakers are half a game behind or one game behind the uh, the Jazz now in second place in the Western Conference. So, it might be a battle for that one seed. I think the Lakers will uh, do with it what they can this season. You know, the fact that they're even playing as well as, well as they are when you look around at some of the other teams that have been ravished by COVID protocols and injuries and and just like energy and all that stuff, like the, the Miami Heat, obviously they're, they're, I think they're below 500 now. Um, the Denver Nuggets are right around 500 right now. So it's, when you look at the teams that are, that played deep into the postseason last season, um, it's really impressive that the Lakers are even as close as they are to that one seed in the West, so I definitely have definitely have plans and hopes for the for the Lakers to to snatch that one seed from the Jazz. But we'll it'll it'll be a battle. We'll see what happens. So until then, um, Lakers Timberwolves. I hope I got that right. Uh, happening tonight, Tuesday night, and then Lakers Nets Thursday night. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm